Detailing troublemakers. Hi, I'm Ivan. I'm Nick. This is DIY Detail. There's a lot of troublemakers out there and we're here to respond to them right now. We're not talking about you troublemakers on the internet forums. No, not keyboard warriors. We have other troublemakers. Those are, those are fun to talk about, but we won't go there. We're gonna talk about 10 things in detailing that can really like, you know, you think you know how to detail. Right. You're getting the basics down. Your customer says, hey, can you take care of this? And you're like, sure. And then you're like, oh, that's oh. kind of hard. Yeah. That's causing me some trouble. It exactly. might stop you in your tracks. And so right. we're just gonna get right to it. And this is a doozy of a one. So this is water spots, I mean. Right. Water spots are misunderstood by a lot of people and they go about removing or treating water spots in a way that isn't good for them, isn't good for the paint and comes back to haunt them sometimes. So with a water spot, we have our water spot remover. And a water spot remover, it's an industry accepted term. We're new in the industry. There's a lot of companies that have been around a lot longer than us and they termed it a water spot remover. So ours is called a water spot remover. Should actually be called a mineral remover. A mineral remover, right. right. Because when you've got a water spot on your paint, right. what really happened is there was a water bead yes. on your paint. And the way you've explained in the past is the minerals go to the outside of that water bead yeah. as the sun, what? Well, as the sun you know, evaporates the water away, the, the minerals are on the outside of that bead through capillary action and they form what we see on the paint. Like a crust, right? Yeah. So the more minerals in the water, the more dense or more pr prevalent that crust is. And those minerals get hot. Paint is plastic. What happens to the minerals? They go into the paint a little further, a little further, and they etch the paint. So the more often you wash your car, the better it is. Because when you wash your car, you get those off. And a lot of water spotting is caused by improper wash technique. Absolutely. And so one thing you should know about water spots, they may polish away, but you should use the water spot remover first. So you'd wash right. the car, use water spot remover, agitate it in, rinse the paint off. Now the etching might not be gone, but at least the minerals are gone. Exactly. And you know you're not polishing those minerals into that plastic. Right, because if you leave the minerals there, there's a good chance those water spots are coming back to haunt you. Because what you're doing, especially if you create heat when you're polishing, you're driving those minerals just a little deeper into the clear coat, and then it looks super smooth. Sun hits it, day two, maybe a week later, those minerals are back up on the surface. Exactly where that etching was before, it's back. Yeah, and there's other products on the market, like a wheel acid, that may just be something you could agitate in, but like, it's so dangerous to exactly. use, right? And so it's like, there's different ways to approach water spot removal, Yeah. but our best is try water spot remover, see what happens, Often it will work, but if it oh. doesn't, you're gonna have to polish after. Well, it has worked. That's you know part of the myth of it. Right. It works to remove the minerals that are there, but now you have to deal with the etching from them being left behind. I think where the confusion comes is that there are other products on the market that will market themselves as just spray it on, rub it in, or just rub it in and, and your water spots are gone. Yeah, that works a small percentage of the time. Like ours, it works part of the time when the minerals haven't etched deeply. So if you treat a water spot within a couple days, it's not gonna have time to etch into the paint. Exactly. There's times though where it's yeah. a sprinkler or, or months without washing and, yeah. and uh, it can be very complicated. All the way to the point where like, you might even need to use sandpaper on those water exactly. spots. So if that's not something you're comfortable with, just know water spots can be difficult to remove, yeah. but going in the right step, 
you know, is going to help. Is going to help. Absolutely. All right. We're more information on water spots. We're going to put that in the description below. We've got some great videos on, on how to remove them. Yeah. Uh, I know we're on to number two, which is high spots. So high spots coatings. are, yeah, for basically ceramic coatings. Now, some people are very adept and they can get high spots with something like ceramic gloss or quick beads. But high spots, basically it's an excess. Was that a joke? No, it's true. Uh, no, but like very adept, like like me, like too much product and then like well, I'm, I'm quite good at getting high spots. Yeah, with well, actually, yeah, you, you can. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, a high spot is just an excessive amount of ceramic that's left there. So when we're applying a ceramic coating, it looks like an oil slick on water. Right. Then a good portion of that goes away. When about 50% of it is gone, then we take our leveling towel and we level. And by leveling, we're actually spreading out what, we ha what hasn't evaporated away. So making it thinner, spreading it over the surface. We're not actually removing ceramic coating. Some people call it removing ceramic coating. We call it leveling because that's actually what you're doing if you're doing it right. That being said, a high spot, they normally happen like around mirrors on this Jeep. There's a lot of potential high spot areas. Anywhere there's a transition from one panel to another, you have the capacity of having excess product there. And high spots are not just for ceramic coatings. Like I said, something like ceramic gloss or quick beads, if you put too much on, you can get a high spot. Now, how do we remove a high spot? Well, if it's fresh, Within an hour or two, the same product that caused the high spot will remove the high spot. You often say like dissolves like. Is exactly. that the principle here? Yeah. So that is one of the, the ways of doing it. If it's too long, it's been there too long, and doing that won't remove it, then you need to polish. And don't stress. It's easy to do. Just a little hand polish. And some people actually like leaving their high spots there. It shows you that your paint is protected. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, uh, one Caribbean country I went to at one point, I saw these cars driving around with just wax applied. But they, they hadn't wiped off the wax. And the person I was training said, yeah, a lot of people take that as a sign of they're maintaining their car because you can see the waxes on the car. That's so wild. That's yeah. the extreme of it. That's funny. Um, man, but wax is like ugly when it's not wiped off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. To each his or her own. All right, here's a troublemaker that you may know how to, you may know how to wash, you may know how to decontaminate. You've got the decontamination towel, iron remover, like you're in the club. Yeah. You've got it going on. And then road tar or road paint yeah. kicked up from the ground and you just go about your clay towel, your decon towel, whatever you want to call it. We don't call it a clay towel. Yeah. And it's not coming out, Ivan. Right. Now so, what do I do? Do I go really aggressive? Do I use my fingernail? Do I grab a knife? Like, no, how do I get that out of my knife. paint? So basically with tar, we have our uh, tree sap remover, great at dissolving tar, uh, does a great job with that. So tar is actually a little easier to deal with. Road paint. Now, a couple different ways of dealing with it. If you know where the road paint was picked up, so you know what county you're in or what city you're in when it happened, call the municipal office, call the county office and say, I picked up road paint in, on this road at this date. Can you tell me what paint was used? And often they can. And when they tell you what paint is used, you call the manufacturer and say, I have road paint on my car. What do I use to remove it? And they will tell you what solvent will dissolve it. Now we know that our tree sap remover is a solvent. Right. But it won't always work on road paint? No. So road paint, like I said, there are very, very different formulations of road paint. If you can find out the brand of the road paint that was used, then it's very easy to remove the road paint because the manufacturer will tell you exactly what to do. 
If not, then it becomes a guessing game of different solvents. Some people have used Vaseline. Vaseline, you put it on, smear it on, let it sit for a day or two, then hose it off. Generally, the Vaseline gets under that row paint, lifts it off, and it washes away. Another strategy is WD-40. And another strategy, overspray row paint, this works for both, is using a razor blade. But you have to prepare your razor blade, and not a plastic razor blade, a steel razor blade. And prepping the razor blade is actually simple. Take sandpaper, round over the corners. So you have a, you know, the rectangular razor blade, round over the corners, then you hone it. And if you don't know what honing a razor blade is, people my age remember going to the barber with the, uh, the, the straight razor, and they had that leather strop there. Well, we hone the, the blade on the glass. But if you don't know how to do it, if you're scared about doing it, because yes, you can do damage with a razor blade, there are videos online. Just look up overspray removal. And there's a lot of videos, like I said, online on how to remove overspray. Overspray, road paint, basically the same thing, just different locations. Yeah, road paint can be so tough, Ivan. Like, I've seen plastic wheel wells, and I yes. spent an hour trying. I was like, I thought I knew how to detail. I knew what I was doing. I got my steamer, all my solvents. It was just taking forever. I was changing the color of the of the wheel well, yeah. and it's like I probably could have replaced it at that point. Definitely, but, but it can get on tires. It can get on like right. It's really difficult. Yeah. So tires, just leave it there. It's going to wear off eventually. The wheel wells, before you even try cleaning them, call the dealership and find out how much that wheel well liner is. You'll be very surprised that they're not expensive. There's usually three or four clips and a bolt or two holding them in. It takes five minutes to change them. Okay, great advice. Road paint off the list. Yeah. Now we're talking about cloth seats. Right. And and you know there's there's a lot to talk about there in terms of soiling. Right. But there's also stains. There's a difference between soiling and staining. Right. Right. Soil is on the carpet fiber. It can be removed. Certain yes. chemicals will help it release. Right. But stains, it's a whole other ball game. Right. So the word stain should clue you in here. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people, detailers, especially professional detailers, when they're starting out. They tell the customer, oh yeah, I'm gonna make your interior look like new. And then they're confronted with a stain. And that stain, no matter what they do, won't come out. They spend hours on a seat, and all they're doing is wearing the fabric away. Think of it as a piece of wood. If you put stain on a piece of wood, what's happening? I'm guessing you're permanently changing the wood. Exactly, it's going into the wood. And now the only way to get rid of that stain on the wood is to sand away that wood that's stained. It's the same thing with a cloth seat or carpet for that matter. If it is stained, the only way to remove that is through abrasion. I don't or, think sanding a cloth seat sounds like a no, good exactly. idea. No, exactly. Not something you want to do. Now, if it's soiling, much different perspective. So we were detailing a car recently that had stained what looked like soiled or stained seats. And Nick was ready to plug in the extractor, get the steamer going. And I said, eh, wait a minute. I'm team extractor yeah, until yeah. the day I die. Yeah, exactly. However, go ahead, sir. So I just used a rinseless stamp and towel, wiped it, scrubbed a little bit. It was all clean. I love the idea of that. I love the idea that if you can get that service level to look good, I don't care what's underneath, right? If the customer doesn't see it, it's not there is what I was taught at carpet cleaning technician school. I'm not yeah. saying it's still there. <laughs> no, no. I'm just the guy who always wants to go all the way down. Let's get it all the way clean. But really, I, I look at hot water extraction. It takes so much time. The seat's wet after. Right. I, you know, in my head, I'm, I'm removing the soiling and then yeah. I'm flushing everything and neutralizing it. But the reality is it can be done other ways, visually appealing results. Yeah. Much less time. And in today's day and age, seats are not just foam and 
tissue anymore. They have uh, occupancy sensors in them. They have blowers. They have fans. They have heaters. They have all sorts of things. They have airbags built into the seat. Do you really want to get all those electronics wet? Probably not. And you know what I find ironic about it all is as detailers, the cloth seat option is going to be the least expensive option, right? Yeah. So there's the Ferraris out there and then the, the disaster detail, mommy vans, whatever. Those are going to be the people who may have less money or, or maybe cheaper to want to pay you in the first. Yeah. I, I'm not judging any people out no, there. No, exactly. I'm just thinking as a detailer is like, do you really want to be doing those disaster details in the first place? Right. No. And you think about those and how much work you put in with the extractor yeah. like, man, is it really worth it? So I love the idea of Least amount of effort, great results. Yeah, of course you're an enthusiast out there if you're watching our channel probably, but uh, yeah. lots of detailers watch as well. So Exactly. I always think like a detailer. Yep. For good and sometimes for worse. Uh, and I only mean that by like I overthink things. Yeah. And detailers, you know what I'm talking about. We like to think a lot about things. Windshield scratches. We're not talking about removing just whatever might be on there, right? Because you right. can use our decontamination towel on the window. You can clay your windows. You can polish your windows. We're talking about... A the, deep scratch on the windshield. Right. The windshield wiper flew off while you're going down the highway and scratching the window. Unfortunately, this is out of the realm of most detailers. And again, just like the, the liners inside the wheel wells, you might be surprised that it's cheaper to replace the windshield than the labor you're going to invest into polishing it. Now, uh, when I had my franchises, I developed a glass polishing system. Yeah, you did this. I, yeah. I was fascinated to hear because I've heard of cerium oxide. Right. So, uh, cerium oxide based polish, specialty pads, specialty machines. So, it's a water center feed polisher because if you create heat on glass, there's a minor, minor little imperfection in it, you'll get a crack going from one side to the other. So, there's a lot involved in polishing glass. And there are kits out there that are available for detailers. Let's just say they're not removing scratches. They're removing um, oxidation, if I can put it that way. Just very, very minor things. But if it's a scratch you can see, it's not doing it. Those kits are gonna brighten up glass. It's gonna make it clearer, but it's not going to remove a deep scratch, and it's definitely not gonna remove rock chips out of your window. Like we talked about water spots earlier, so yeah. just bear with me here. But if you have our wool pad and gold standard polish, maybe the yellow, Waffle didn't get the water spot. Right. But maybe the wool did. Yeah, exactly. So you can use a more aggressive pad to get results on a windshield. Yeah. What we're talking about is the actual scratches. Yeah, and you don't want to create heat when you're polishing windows. Okay. Very, very dangerous. So what I'm hearing from you is it might be just cheaper to replace the dang thing. A than, lot of than, times it is. Yeah. So I had a, you know, our company, we did the glass polishing, windshield repair, and windshield replacement. And we'd always evaluate before starting polishing because it was minimum an hour job. So is it worth polishing when we can change the windshield? Well, I love this too because this gives wisdom to the maybe the new detailer out there or the detailer listening like, oh, I can buy this glass polishing kit and do it myself. No, but yeah. he, use what he's saying now and talk to your customer. Like these are yeah. wise things, road paint windshield scratch, yeah. it may be wiser to replace. Let's talk about that. Exactly. And you're armed with his 40 plus years of experience to inform you. Because um, back in the day, I would just shoot you a messenger yeah. you know, on Facebook, be like, what do I do? You know, And it's really helpful to have that mentor to, to ask these questions when you don't know the answer. Exactly. So try to find that person. Ivan's a busy guy, but if you ask the question on YouTube, it gets answered. So, exactly. Um, here we go. All right, rock chips. This is another one, right? You've booked a ceramic coating customer. Yeah. You know how to polish paint. 
Rock chips are a different ball game, and your customer brings it in. They don't mention anything. They already are ready to pay, and they're like, "Oh yeah, can you take care of these rock chips too?" And you're like, mm, "I wish I knew how to do this." Ivan, right. what's your advice? So first of all, rock chips—they're—if we look at them in a you know a big context, it's a bowl. The, you know, we've taken away paint, and we have this bowl. You want when you're done to still leave a bowl. You're just adding color into that rock chip, but you don't want to make a, a mountain. Because if you make a, a blob of paint on the car, it's going to be a lot more apparent than the rock chip ever was. Your eyes don't see a concave depression in the, in the uh, paint, but a bubble on top, that they see. But they will see the difference in color. Right. When, let's say you have white paint, and then the rock chip, like there's a little black dot there. Exactly. So by putting color into it, you're going to not make it disappear, but you're gonna make it less apparent. The other important thing of a rock chip is, it's gonna help prevent rust. Oh, so that by rock... taking care of the rock chip, yes. it prevents rust. Right, now there's all sorts of different paint pens available, some from the dealership, some are not from the dealership, and a lot of them have what I term like a four inch paintbrush on them. The, the brush is way bigger than any rock chip you've ever seen. Take a wooden toothpick, dip it in there, and just, dab the little bit of paint into the rock chip. Again, you want to make the rock chip concave. And you want to do your rock chip repair after you've polished the paint. A dab will do you, as That's they it. say. Yeah. So a dab and then, what about sanding? You hear no, people talking? No. 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 <laughs> Basically sanding is people that overfill the rock chip, then they try to sand it. They go through this long, arduous process and in the end you still see it. So a dab will do you and just, what, you just dab it in and let go? Yeah, so you just wanna flow in a bit of paint using a very fine, you can use a needle, you can use a toothpick, whatever, but just enough to get the bottom of that chip covered and so you're not making a little mountain there. And when you say flow, what do you mean? The paint through capillary action will flow. So if you take a, if you put your finger in water, the water goes onto your finger. You put it on a piece of, uh, paper or something, it's going to flow out. Okay. It's going to flow off your finger into the paper. Does the same thing there. Gotcha. So expectations, uh, good to take care of rock chips, but uh, you don't need to try to be a hero. It's like, you're going to see it if you look up close, but yeah. from five to 10 feet away, if you don't see it, that's exactly. a win. Yeah. Exactly. All right. You're preventing rust. Speaking of rust spots, um, you know, on a white vehicle, it's super apparent. These orange dots. Right. They look like rust. Yeah. And they're usually in the back end of the vehicle or behind the wheels. And those are from your brakes. They're also from the brakes of the cars around you. Uh, I had someone with an electric car saying, yeah, I never use my brakes, I use regen all the time. But I still have these orange spots. Yes, because there's cars around you still using their brakes. Right. Until we all drive electric cars, sorry, we have that. But there's gonna be industrial fallout then too. Are yeah, they? industrial gonna... fallout. Uh, if you're at the railroad track and the train's going by and you're the first in line, guess what? You've got metal contamination on your hood now. Uh, that being said, it's easy to take care of. We have a couple different ways of taking care of it. First of all, wash your car frequently. That's gonna help. Secondly, iron remover. Now, our iron remover, we call it an iron remover because it's an industry accepted term, just like the water spot remover. But actually, we're not removing iron. We're removing the rust. So think of it as we have this metal sphere that came off your brakes, attached itself to the paint because it's hot, so it's melted into that plastic just a little bit. Now, it's stuck there and it rains, it gets moist through humidity, through uh, dew, whatever, and that little ball of metal starts to rust. And our eyes see that rust stain. 
Now, you see it on a white car, it's still there in a black car. It's still there, you just don't see it. That being said, now we have that little ball of rust. We take our iron remover, and the way most people use iron remover, is they take the ball and they just spray it all over the car. And you see these nice purple little lines going down from every little spot. And that is the iron remover, which should be termed a rust converter, converting the rust into this red oxide liquid. That ball of iron, if it's still attached to the paint, it's still there. So you might have gotten rid of the rust stain, but you may not have gotten rid of what caused the rust stain. That's why we suggest using our perforated synthetic decontamination towel in conjunction with the iron remover as your lubricant. And our iron remover is designed to do that job. But now you're removing that little ball of iron and don't overthink it. It's not gonna scratch your paint two feet down the road. It's just, they're so minute you don't see them. And they don't scratch because of the way the, the PSD towel is made. So the perforated synthetic decontamination towel, it brings it in, it plucks it away. And then with the lubrication of the iron remover, it's not a concern. And now your iron remover just has to deal with the rusting. It doesn't have to try to contour and get around that little ball of metal. It just has that little rusting to deal with. And worst case scenario, the car has been not maintained for a certain amount of time. You might need to polish. You might need to actually remove a little bit of paint because it's stained. Just like we said, the staining on the seats, it may have actually stained the paint. It's all okay, everybody. Yeah. Don't stress about it. There's things that you can do. And then there's a time when you get to that point of exactly. I may not be able to do anything. Yeah. I may need to replace the, the, the glass, but in this case, a light polish yeah. might be that final step exactly. to brighten and remove that rust spot. But yeah. uh, if you stay up on your washing and decon, it shouldn't be a problem. Right. This is a, a two word. I don't know what this is. Artillery fungus, Ivan. So artillery fungus is something that attacks light colored vehicles. And artillery fungus, the reason they call it artillery fungus, this is a fungus that's normally found in mulch. So if you're going to the mall or you just put mulch on each side of your driveway and you have a white car, you might have artillery fungus and not even know it. Hmm. But artillery fungus, the reason they call it artillery fungus is it sees the reflection or it doesn't see, it's just a fungus, but basically it's attracted to that light, bright white color and it throws off a spore and that spore attaches to your paint and eventually it grows. It's trying to grow a piece of fungus on your paint, but it is very tenacious and very strong and it grows into your paint as much as on your paint. So if you know you've parked close to mulch and you have a light colored car, go inspect it. Wait till the end of the video though. We're not, we're almost done, but go or inspect listen it. listen to this as you inspect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So basically that artillery fungus now is digging into your paint. Now, a couple of ways of removing it. One is just flick it with your fingernail. That's one way of doing it. The decontamination towel might remove it as well. If it's fresh, if it's only been there a day or two, not a problem. Just washing might even remove it at that point. But if it's sat for a while, you have a customer, your professional detailer, you just bought a used car and you see all these little black dots and no matter how long, how much you wash or clay, they're not coming off. It's a good chance to start tiller fungus. Normally it's from this point down. So the belt line down on the vehicle, hmm. they'll be on the lower parts of the vehicle. And the best way of removing them sounds odd, but it's peanut oil. I don't even know what peanut oil is. You can buy it in any grocery store. Okay. Yeah. So it's oil made from peanuts. And it removes artillery fungus. It removes artillery fungus. Do it's I want an to amazing know, thing. Do I want to know how or just know that it works? It's just, 
it works. It's the most effective <laughs> cares, remedy right? to artillery fungus. You can buy chemicals, specialized chemicals for removing artillery fungus, but peanut oil actually does a better job. You might think all these sound like uh, troublesome uh, words, but this is actually something that a lot of you seek out, and it's called matte paint. Right. And it could be trouble. Yes. You get a scratch on there. You want to polish it. Ah, sorry, that matte goes to shiny and you can't get it back. Right? you got to be kind of a little careful with matte paint. Yeah, so matte paint can't be repaired in the traditional way. So this Jeep, when it came in, was all scratched up. It's a Jeep. goes off-road. We polished it. We're good. You get a scratch on a matte vehicle, you're repainting that panel is the only way of getting rid of that uh, matte or getting rid of that scratch on matte paint. Because as soon as you polish matte paint, guess what? It becomes shiny. Yes, it does. Yeah. And that's not what you bought in the first place. No, exactly. Now, if you want a matte vehicle, normally the option for matte paint is quite expensive. Instead of getting that matte paint option, get it wrapped. You can get a matte wrap or you can get a matte PPF, which is even better. Now, yes, it's going to be maybe a little more than that option. But if you ever scratch it, you can replace that one panel. Not a problem. I mean, we were at SEMA, the SEMA show in Las Vegas recently. Yeah. And it was like so many PPF yeah. and wrap booths. Where are we in the industry, do you think, with wrap and vinyl and PPF? Is, is vinyl kind of a thing in the past or is that still hot? No, like, it's still hot. It they're, seems like that's just a growing part of our industry. They're ever evolving. Okay. They're getting better all the time and they're getting easier to install. And as they get easier to install, the price comes down, they become more popular and it's a revolving wheel. Now, you have to be very careful with a PPF installer and with a wrap installer. Make sure you're getting someone that does a good job. Ask to see previous jobs and look at the seams. Look at the little intricate areas to see what they're doing. Because, yes, it can be detrimental. They can screw it up. Would you uh, say you get what you pay for in Yeah, in PPF a lot of the world? times, oh, definitely you get what you pay for. And look at the reputation. Look at previous jobs. And if they're not willing to give you references and all that, you might want to go look somewhere else. Okay. But matte paint, that being said, you don't want to go through a car wash. You want to wash it at home. You want to put a ceramic coating on it as soon as you get that car. Because again, if you get water spots on it, you're not getting them off either. Really? Yeah. Now, the water spot remover, if they're fresh, yes, it'll do a great job. But if you leave it to the point where you need to polish them off, again, polishing makes matte paint really shiny. Yeah. You might be dealing with some aggressive chemicals at that point if it's the water spots won't come off oh, if or it's etched, nothing, it's right? Yeah. If it's edge, it's edge. So then you have the option of, well, do I try this? That's on you. We're not telling you to do it, and you're yeah. saying it doesn't even work. So, no. yeah, but that's where you're at desperation-wise. If you have a fancy car yeah. with matte paint, and you don't want to polish it, but nothing else is working. No. So, uh, it's sort of a commitment, matte paint, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yes, it Definitely. is. All right. The problem child. The difficult thing. You've cleaned the interior. Right. You've done a great job. Still smells. Still stinks. Olfactory sensation will not, uh, will not rest. Right. So, odors. A uh, couple things that a lot of people miss when doing orders. First of all, if you have a steamer, it's a great tool to help with orders. And the best tip I can give you is clean everything. You need to get at everything inside that vehicle. If you haven't touched it, if you haven't cleaned it, it's not going to uh, remove the order 100%. The other thing is be realistic. If someone's been smoking in that car for five years, it's not going to go away with one cleaning. It's not magically going to go away. It's embedded into the foam. It's embedded into the carpet. It's embedded into the under carpet. It's embedded into the headliner 
And the headliner is basically cardboard with a thin fabric over top of it. So it's in there. You're not going to get rid of it immediately. There are chemical treatments that help. They're not going to remove it. There's ozone that helps, but it's going to come back. So the only way to really effectively remove an odor is time and proper cleaning. So clean everything. Make sure you've touched absolutely every square inch of that vehicle inside. And then there's a couple little tricks. First of all, most cars have cabin air filters now. Change that cabin air filter. That's first thing. First thing. Yeah. yeah. How often would you recommend someone change it otherwise? Every year. Okay. Yeah, they're simple to change. Uh, You know, you just go on uh, YouTube and type in cabin air filter and the year and model of your number. Someone will have made a video on how to change it. And generally speaking, in your instruction manual, some cars still have those, uh, it'll be in there how to change the cabin air filter and change it once a year. It's an easy thing to do. And if you're a professional detail, it's a service you can offer to your customers. Mm, absolutely. The other thing with odors is be patient. Now, we can clean all the interior. But like I said, the foam, et cetera, et cetera, is still there. There are some old, uh, old tricks that actually work for this. Take a bag a cloth bag, put some charcoal briquettes in it, throw it under the seat. That is going to absorb the odors. Another thing is take some uh, sodium bicarbonate and sprinkle it on the carpet again under the seats so it's not in the way and you can vacuum it up later. Just like having that box of Arm & Hammer in your fridge absorbs the odors, it does the same thing in your car. Hmm. Finally, an apple cut in two. How does that work? Apple cut in two under the seat, put on a little plastic tray or something, and it will absorb those odors as well. How long do you leave it there for? Uh, Till it dries up and shrivels, and then change it if you need to. And And it's not actually going to smell like apples in your car. It actually, like the charcoal, is absorbing the, uh, the odors. Ooh, you had some tricks today, Ivan. Yeah. We always have some nuggets of wisdom for you guys here. Now, the other thing is if your customer, you know, let's say they bought a used car or you bought a used car and it smells horrendous in there. Either someone was using way too much perfume on themselves or perfuming themselves while driving uh, or smoking or whatever. You have to be patient. You will eventually get rid of that order and masking the order will not get rid of it. So doing things like, oh, those little vent clips. By the way, those vent clips, I really do not like them. First of all, they, I never liked one. That, I never liked the smell of one. But the other thing is, what's in those vent clips? Probably stuff I don't want to be inhaling. That and it's oil. Oh. So what's happening? The air is atomizing that oil. You're breathing it in. You're getting it on you. Great. That's fine. But they're FDA approved. I hope. Uh, but it's also getting on your windows. It makes windows difficult to clean. Whenever we had a car come into our shop that had those vent clips on, I knew we would have a, maybe a little extra step on the windows. That's so interesting. As we've mentioned in a previous podcast, I mean, there are ways to go certified through the IICRC yeah. for odor remediation. Exactly. So there's just a lot to this process yeah. that and it actually help. Those are the trips with the charcoal and yeah. the apple. Those are interesting. And the ICCRC, they specialize in household. Yeah. An automobile is a completely different world. So that's going to help, but it's not going to get all the way that we need. Now, there are very specific odors that we can target. If you have a gasoline spill in your vehicle, the best way to get rid of a gasoline spill, get some powdered laundry detergent, work it into the carpet, let it absorb that gasoline spell and dry it out. 
When it's dry again, you vacuum it up, then use Nick's favorite tool, the extractor, to get rid of that, and it's gonna be really sudsy, so you need to put some suds, uh, sud killer in your extractor. Yeah, they have um, anti or defoamer yeah. solution that you'd put in your extractor basin to, yeah. to prevent the suds going in your extractor, which can mess up your extractor. Exactly, but basically, that's gonna help with that type of odor. That's what happened one time, they spilled the laundry detergent yes. in their trunk, and foaming, or like extracting yeah, that, and it just went to a foam town. So you had to get an anti foamer. Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing is called a defoamer. Yeah, defoamer de solution. Yeah. Anyway, let anti, us know in the anti foam defoamer. Yeah. The other thing that uh, is happens, you might have a pet that urinated inside the vehicle. Go to your favorite pet store. They will have a solution to get rid of it. Or if you have like a local Aramsco, yeah. um, they're a janitorial supply yeah, company. Yeah, janitorial supply. They'll have they're they're going to have the really good stuff too. You're probably going to pay for a whole gallon, gallon of it. That's why I mean, the, you know, everyone has a pet store yeah. close by. Yeah. You know what it is. If you have a pet, you know where the store is. They'll have something for odor removal for that particular odor. But if you feel like you're not getting your needs met because, you know, we entered the market of DIY detail, like... We know there's a lot of detailing marketing out there, but yeah. you don't quite get what you're looking for and paying for at your local whatever store, yeah. right? There's the good chemicals, and then there's the stuff that looks good because it's marketed well. Yeah. If you go to a janitorial supply store, they're going to know the good stuff for whatever yeah. urine it is. Yeah. What's $50 for a gallon of whatever product to get that smell out of your car? Right. You're going to pay a detailer a lot of money, and they may not even get it. Now, we have our top 10. I'm going to add a bonus to this. Okay, let's go. Concrete. So you've actually, you've accidentally driven through fresh concrete. How do you get it off the vehicle? And this is something that surprises a lot of people. Concrete is actually very easy to remove. You don't need tools. You don't need uh, all sorts of weird things. All you need is sugar. Okay. So if you create a paste out of sugar, like a syrup almost, and put it on there, sugar dissolves concrete. Now, if you have a lot of concrete and you're a professional detailer, you should invest in a product called Romix Backset Platinum. It's available on Amazon. It's available at any concrete supplier should have it in stock. Uh, if they have concrete that sets up in, inside a cement delivery truck, guess what they're using? That. That. And it literally dissolves the concrete. So I've saved cars before that had concrete spills on them and the customers were ready to repaint the car and said, hey, give me a chance. So how do you apply it? What do you do? It's just a liquid. You apply it and immediately as soon as you apply it, the concrete starts bubbling up and it's sugar based. It smells like cotton candy because it's basically what it is. So it's like you put on a rag and agitate it in or no, just spray it on, let it sit and you, the concrete. Starts, oh, it's in a, it's in a spray bottle. Yeah, okay. The concrete literally starts bubbling up on the paint. It dissolves the concrete on contact. Uh, you know, wow. you might need to, depending on how thick it is, you might need a couple applications, but if you're at home and you just have a little bit, make a, a you know a thick paste just out of standard table sugar. Put it on there. It's going to be a little slower than the specialized product, but it will dissolve that concrete. If you didn't know, folks, now you know. Exactly. All right. Well, let's wrap up this podcast. If you have any troublemakers, yep. Any uh, things that have given you trouble in the past that you've learned how to take care of that the average person who started detailing maybe, I don't know, having trouble with. Right. Let's all learn from each other, right? That's what this is all about. Exactly. And another resource that we have is our Facebook group. Mm. If you go on Facebook, there's a DIY detail Facebook group. We're 48,000 members strong at this point. When you're watching this, we might be at 100,000. Who knows? We have a lot of members there. It's a really interesting space. 
Bullies are not allowed and not tolerated for that matter. So if someone is bullying someone, they're gone. Don't worry about it. And it's a great place to ask questions. No question is too basic. No question is too simple. And there's a lot of professional detailers in there that are really happy to help and answer the questions. Absolutely. So if you have other questions, leave them in the comments below. We respond to them here on YouTube. And we have an entire playlist on this podcast. It's been running for more than a year. So for more amazing detailing content, DIY Detail Podcast playlist right here. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you.